Y'all, I need your help today in welcoming in a former Cowboy great, two-time All-Big 12, uh, All-Big 8, I should say, uh, if, if we're being grammatically correct. He also is in the Hall of Fame for Trinity Valley Community College. He also played for the Atlanta Falcons. He's done a lot of amazing things when it comes to high school coaching, and he's still he's still involved now. So right around the corner, let me welcome a former Cowboy great and Scott Tyler. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. Today, we are partially brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. To find the right candidate at the right time, you got to get in LinkedIn Jobs right now. And without further ado, y'all, I want to welcome on the show Mr. Scott Tyner. How are you doing, sir? A little delay. Hey, man. Hey, Cody. What's going on, man? The action is, so I'll power through it. Uh, I don't have any trouble feeling dead air. So uh, glad to be here, man. Love talking about the Cowboys. And uh, you and I had a, had a good time on some Twitter exchanges during the regular season there. So nothing excites me more than getting to talk about the place I love so much and, and to be a part and, and reach out to anybody out there that loves our Cowboys. Well, I, you know, I greatly appreciate being on the show. And I think one of the biggest things in, and, and yes, some of our, our, our conversations have been honestly enlightening to me, right? You know, I, I view it from a particular lens, but your lens goes a lot further back, right? I, I started coming around, uh, obviously, the Bob Simmons era, and I got to usher into the Les Miles stuff and then obviously to Mike Gundy. But you, sir, got a chance to play for not only – Arguably the second greatest coach, maybe third. I I, I would I would go Gundy, look at ball, Pat Jones. Would you say that's that's fair? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I kind of broke up, but I think you're asking about Pat uh, Jones. Uh, you yes, know, sir. I was thinking about car coming home to get this set up. It's such a different era. Uh, now when, when you compare the things and, you know, Mike played for coach Jones and uh, I can just tell you as a player uh, in a different time playing for Pat, it was, we didn't expect warm and fuzzy, <laughs> you know, none, none of us had a Twitter profile. None of us had a, a social media platform. None of us had an entourage. None of us <clears throat> had that. Uh, what I'd rather refer to and this, here comes my get off my lawn statement as an old guy. Now, uh, none, none of us had to worry about uh, our own being the star of our own television show you know we we were lucky to be division one football players and, and and glad to be a part of it so the dynamic between uh what, what we had to do as players playing for somebody like coach jones we didn't know any different he was the coach there, there wasn't there wasn't we didn't have a group of people uh that were telling us different information we didn't have huge seven on seven leagues we didn't have uh, personal trainers for the most part we we were football players at high schools and junior colleges that we came out of so we just accepted the fact that that's the way it was 
uh, for coaches. And here, they, there's so many different options. So, uh, playing for Pat was a, um, we weren't very good on offense at that time, and they needed a punter. Uh, we did, and people forget the, that Black Saturday era that we played good defense. We had some players. Yes, we yes. had several NFL yes. players on that defense. Jason Gilden, uh, Keith Burns, uh, Keith Burns. Uh, Scott Harmon was great. And we could stay in games. Yeah, we could punt and play defense with the best of them. Uh, everybody played with two running backs back then. You know, we forget how much yeah. the game has changed. Uh, quarterbacks were un under center. Uh, you know, different guy. Uh, I don't know if that uh, uh, bedside manner that Pat had for us as players would translate it all into name, but I enjoyed playing for Pat. I mean, of course, I was a punter and a big part of what we did, so uh, I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask, nowadays, people coming from JUCO, uh, junior college ranks, it's normal. You see it on a regular basis. Matter of fact, when you're going through the recruiting process, if you feel like you're a little undervalued or you feel like maybe you can get your test scores up or your GPA up, people strategically go there on purpose to prepare for D1s. It wasn't exactly like that yeah. back then for you, was it? Right, right. It, you know, I've always looked at junior college. There's two kinds of players. There, there's those of us that are good enough, but academically back then wouldn't qualify. And then there's those of us that just weren't good enough and wanted to play. And there, you had that weird mix uh, on those junior college rosters of guys like that. I was simply not good enough. <laughs> I was just, I was a high school wide receiver. Uh, I was a place kicker. I went into Trinity Valley as, as those two things. Uh, I was a, a receiver in camp about four days in and ran a little flat route, made a great catch. And, and when I looked up, when I, after coming back from unconsciousness, uh, the, the coach told me to come see him after practice. And he basically explained, hey, this, this uh, 6'2", 185 pound running a 4740 is probably not going to translate. Uh, and so he said, I want to I work with you as a punter. <laughs> so, so uh and, and he just he, he actually saw something in, in, in my athleticism so that's when i went that's when i became a punter i was a freshman at trinity valley and uh at that time uh, uh probably the best way to describe my career at every level is i was a pretty good player but just barely good enough and i just kind of barely made it to the next to the next level to the next level and uh by the time i got to my sophomore year uh, at Trinity, I realized that, hey, that there was a pathway for me to go play major college football somewhere, and uh, it landed me there in Stillwater. So did you receive news that you were going to be an All-American before you decided to go to Stillwater, or did you find that information after you decided to go? Um, I, I, boy, that, uh, hard to recall. Uh, I was a midterm transfer. So I was a January sign because I was an academic qualifier. So okay. probably those things probably happened simultaneously. Okay. Um, I've led the, the nation in punting at, at uh, Trinity Valley. There probably was an afterthought that I was going to receive at least first or second team at that point. Okay. Uh, and, and boy, it's changed so much. Uh, I have three kick or 42 eight or something like that uh, at Trinity Valley. And now these guys are shanking it that far, you know, so. So it's, it's so definitely actually, different, but I think those two things went hand in hand. Yeah. yeah I saw that you, I think it was, you were right at 43 is what the article I read at Trinity Valley, 43 mm -hmm. per. Um, right. And it had you, at that time, it had right. you second in the history of junior college football. You were second place in the history of Juco football before you came to Stillwater. 
according to the, the stats I read from Trinity Valley. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That makes me feel pretty good. You know, turning back the clock and remembering some of that. Lane, brother. I, I tell you, in my, in my my job. Hey, I love it. I love it. I just stir up <laughs> some old emotions and memories. But uh, you know, I tell. Uh, I was one of those type of guys. There we go. We were coming off probation and uh, defense. And I tell uh, the kids I've taught, kids I've kids I've coached over the years. I tell them all the time. Sometimes you don't know when your opportunity is there until after it's there. And I never I never thought about this till I got a lot older. But at one time in in the history of the world, at one point, and I don't I couldn't tell you when it was. Probably in 1994 when I was kicking off. Uh, it not have been four or five, five people on the plane. And, you know, just looking back, back and and trying to teach. And I worked hard. I did just as much as anybody. But I look at that, that intensity or, or a guy, a contemporary of mine, uh, uh, oh, my God, Vinatieri. That's who I was trying to think of. Uh, Vinatieri, the intensity that he approached the skill with, well, I wish I could have done it at an even higher level. I would tell kids that all the time is sometimes you don't know. I'm proud of my career, but I, I think there was – I might have left a little on the table and didn't know it at the time. So it's funny you, you say that. Uh, and, and, and going back through some of the, the historical stuff, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you – what was it like to show up uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and play in front of the biggest crowd in Oklahoma State history um, in front of over 104,000? And you're right. In a game, defensively, you guys held in check. If you go back and watch that game uh, against Michigan in 1992, you hear Keith Burns' name over and over and over and over and over yeah, y'all's defense was actually really good. The uniforms that y'all wore to Ann Arbor were were, were just not not great. I'm just gonna let yeah. you know. The uniforms in Ann Arbor weren't pretty. But what was it like to be in that <laughs> was all white, yeah. to go from junior college, right? Maybe on that fringe well, line, love, love you good enough to being D1 yeah. and being a two-time uh, All Big Eight performer. Yeah. By the way, still, how how was that experience going yeah. to Ann Arbor in, in front of that crowd? Yeah, I, I love that you asked about the Michigan game. That's 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 obviously one of the fond memories and trips. One of the things is uh, on that game is early kickoff, ESPN. So it was like eleven o'clock our time uh, in Stillwater. We we did not or who, whoever planned the itinerary to leave out Ann Arbor uh, did the not take into account traffic going into Ann Arbor. So when the when the bus pulled up at the big house. Coach Walstead, who was the special teams uh, coordinator, basically said, kickers and punters, you have five minutes to be on the field for pregame. <laughs> I mean, we had zero time. It was it was a rushed pregame. Uh, we just got stuck in traffic, couldn't quite get there. Uh, now the other groups went out a little later. But but you're right. right that atmosphere was second to none. Uh, that, that was when I knew I belonged. I had a good day. 
Uh, yes. I was I, I very specifically remember uh, Scott Harmon was the personal protector, and I very vividly remember in the scouting report that if he made a 46 or a 64 call, Michigan was in a return. But if he made a 55 call, they're coming on a full out man rush to block it. Every time I went out there, it was 55. <laughs> they tried to block every punt, and uh, I didn't get – I had a good day. I had a really good day kicking the ball. But the funny thing, I always used to tell people, the problem back then before you had unnecessary roughness penalties is when they try to block a punt and I'd get it off, the only guy to block was me. So there's me and about seven Wolverines. They're just circling around the punter trying to get a shot. So I'm just – I'm wrestling down there while, while our guys are down there making the tackle. Oh, and I think it was Derek Alexander was the – return guy but they tried to block every kick uh, our defense did play that day. I think that was a Michigan Rose Bowl team that year they went to the Rose Bowl and I think they might have won it uh, they were they were great but the atmosphere was uh, I just remember the whole field perfect weather uh, just a awe-inspiring sight and uh, I walked out of Michigan Stadium knowing that I belonged on that stage and was going to be able to make a college career out of it that's amazing so I actually have a, a, a lot of of questions when it comes down to the records you see carrie blanchard all over the big a records but well i'll get to that in a minute real quick we got to pay some yeah. bills i mentioned uh, as we came in that we were linked today by linkedin jobs today every time you're hiring it feels like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available well, that's why you have to go check in LinkedIn Jobs right now. They help you find the right people at the right times, faster and faux free. I'll say it again, ladies and gentlemen. Use LinkedIn to get jobs promoted for free. And then you can also use Locked On College at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to, again, post your job for free and find yourself in a call to action to get the best candidates right now. Terms and conditions obviously do apply. So, okay, so we're going to roll right back in here. Yeah, I was looking over the Big 8 records. Yeah? Uh, you probably know where I'm coming here. Why is it that there's Big 8 records for kicking and, and, and kick return yards, but there's not any, any stats for punter? Why no love, my man? Why, my, why no love? Hey, <laughs> hey, we're 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 players too, you know. We're we're actually players too. That's what I always say is we we wear a uniform. I, I don't. I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, you know, looking back on that era, and you kind of mentioned something to me in a tweet and a message. We had Mitch Berger at Colorado. We had Dan Eichloff at Kansas. We had uh, uh, I think Sean Snyder, who's uh, Coach Snyder's son at Kansas State, uh, and then you had Blanton at OU. Uh, the, the conference was loaded at that time, but actually, yeah. I think three of us actually had a chance to play on Sundays for a little while. Uh, and it, it really was a, a specialist league. And, and what I just remember, you know, I tell people that it's so different now. Uh, everybody had that old, terrible, nasty, hard AstroTurf. Nobody had lights but us in Kansas State, and every game was at two o'clock. You know, it was so playing in the Midwest, you know, those two o'clock kickoffs, you might have had a six o'clock. You know, we might have had a night, a night game. There might have been an occasional one, but everything was a two o'clock kick in the conference for the most part. And uh, the weather was miserable. The wind was blowing. Uh, you know, going to Nebraska and having a tumbleweed run across your feet when you come out of the hotel. Uh, but there were really some great specialists of that era. And back then, it's so different. You know, I don't know how many people want to listen to the, the intricacies of a punt team, but 
nowadays, the way people punt, nobody protects. They go spread, and they put three big old guys up there. Of course, the pokes got two blocked this year at, at critical moments. We were we had to protect and then go cover. Uh, so uh, back then, you would always hear he outkicked his cover. That happened to me against uh, Iowa State and a couple teams, but everybody had to protect first. So uh, definitely a different a different game. I've texted Tommy Hutton. Uh, a few times, and we've we've gone back and forth. Uh, really, a great guy, and he'll entertain this old old head here about uh, punting the football. And I've just told him, I said, if I ever kicked it like you did, I would have gotten cussed out because you're kicking it end over end. Would you please teach me how you do that? Uh, you know, if I didn't hit an end over spiral, uh, if somebody was Jones or somebody was coming out of the bleachers hollering and screaming at me. So, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I had uh, uh, I was surrounded by some pretty good. Uh, guys, Mitch Berger and I were competitors at the junior college level, and it carried on at the college level. And, uh, he left me. He actually left me a note when they came to our place uh, in, on the program. And I don't. I'll paraphrase it. He 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 signed a program and sent it over to me and said, uh, "You've you know we've always gone against each other all these years." And he said, "Now I've got the attitude." Uh, you know, so 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 we were all very aware of that. Uh, uh, and it meant, I was just glad to be a part of it, you know, uh, to, to, to climb up in there and be a part of that mix. So that you, you, you've accomplished a lot of amazing things. Again, you're a two-time All-Big 8, um, and then you got the opportunity to go play for the Atlanta Falcons, but more so, obviously, playing in the NFL is a massive ordeal, right? There's only a, a handful yeah. of guys that get to do that yeah. anywhere. To be able to do that had to be phenomenal, but the biggest thing to me is, you got to play for a young June Jones before June Jones was like a household name. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Because he was trying to bring in an offense, that run and shoot, right, to the NFL, which had never been done, if I recall correctly. Uh -huh. Is that accurate? So what was like right. playing sure. for him? You know, that was uh, – yeah. Oh, and June, June was a was a great guy. He, you know, I always laughed that uh, he fired me twice – and I enjoyed it both times. You know, it was it wasn't even hard to get fired by a guy like June Jones. He was gracious and very nice. Uh, but uh, you know, that was surreal. That was right after the Jerry Glanville era. And I remember I, I was basically signed as a camp leg. I was just they had a draftee and they, they had Norm Johnson there. And I knew it was just a chance to get some tape out there. Uh, the first meeting, he basically announced not, no no changes this year except I don't want any gambling on the plane on the way to the games. Uh, I don't. I don't want a guy dropping ten to twenty grand on the way to San Francisco and then have to go play the 49ers on Sunday. And I just remember hearing that and thinking to myself, "What have I gotten myself into? I'm staying away from the card table and the plane." You know. Uh, but uh, but but June very laid back. Uh, that that staff had Mouse Davis, who was kind of the inventor of the running shoot on it. And June, they kind of put together, of course, with the uh, old uh, name is escaping me now. Uh, went to Houston, coached the Oilers. Party Jack Party. Uh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Uh, was part of the Oilers Bills comeback that those three basically started all that and uh, love playing for June you know it's a little different atmosphere like you said uh, it is surreal uh, at that level you just it, it's just like walking on clouds you don't know you know the stadiums back then after I played in the Georgia Dome when it ran new you know they've already torn it down you know so and your, your first year uh, you to go was, to the vet uh, and mile high and all that your first year was Jeff George's first year with the Falcons as well, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And what happened is I got released uh, at the end of preseason. They they had their guys, 
And uh, I just would do some kicking off in pregame of those preseason games. And yeah. about five – I went to Miami on the practice squad, did all that. And then they called me back and said, we want to look at you kicking off. Coach Gans saw you kicking off at Denver in the preseason and wanted to wanted to look at you. We've got an injury and want to see how it goes. Well, I just had one of those outs that there. It was just a no-brain sign. Uh, you know, the, the thing that gets forgotten about – the game and how it's changed and, and you know just to give you an example now we're kicking off from the 35 yard line and all these guys are busting the end zone it's no problem that year was that we went back to the 30 and dropped to a one inch tee because the league wanted more quote kickoff returns and they wanted to wanted more collisions <laughs> and things of that nature so uh back then i was in that era that had to back up you know i had to back so so my kids were they watched a video. We were uh, playing at Milwaukee against the Packers, and they were watching it about six months ago. And I think I bombed. I mean, I bombed one in the 30-degree temperatures to about the four-yard line. Dad, you couldn't even kick it in the end zone. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's a 66-yard bomb in 30-degree temperatures. I don't want to hear it, you know. <laughs> so so it's different. But, yeah, that experience, man, uh, yeah, uh, I look back on it and – um, you know, you, like I was saying earlier about opportunities, you never know. Like Adam Vinatieri was that was that era. Those guys were coming. You don't you don't ever realize how many sharks there are in the water when you're in the right. boat. And and you know, and it, it's it's you you get comfortable and you you're working. You think you're doing, but there's always another guy. There's always another round of guys, and and here they come. And uh, next thing you know, here comes Leo Aragus and Scott Shreddy, and the next generation comes. They just never stop. Uh, now, whenever you uh, Vinatieri on two years ago when he's 44 and said, you know. When you yeah. uh, kind of made that transition to punter at Trinity Valley, did you ever, was it a conversation to do more place kicking or were you pretty comfortable where, where, where it stood? Because, you know, obviously nowadays you, we've had a few like Quinn Sharp. I know you remember him. He was a jack of all trades for us. Luke Phillips was a jack of all trades for us. Uh, and then uh, uh, what was his name? Signer. Recently, he was a jack of all trades. So yeah, we've yeah. had a, a, yeah. a run of Oklahoma State right. guys that did a multitude of things. Back then, was it pretty much just organized mm -hmm. around uh, that? Or, or did you experiment a lot with field goals as well? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, that was Lawson Vaughn's freshman year. Uh, junior. So I'm all in punting. Actually, I was his holder on on field goals that year okay. uh classes that year uh, uh and uh, and then in is i kept working on it and i was i, I enjoy place kicking more than punting anyway because the ball's sitting still and it's not moving on <laughs> me uh but uh i would get out there and that's how i would i would out and kick to your field goals just to get loose and then i'd go go to the punt side and i think the coaches saw that so every they started every Thursday letting me try a long one uh, at the end of practice. And it beca I became our long-distance guy. Uh, I went 0 for 1, uh, halftime before the TCU game, last kick play of the half. We had a penalty that backed us up to a 57-yard attempt. And I, back then I had a problem hooking the ball. I, I nailed it. I knocked it up about four rows deep in those old bleachers out there at Lewis Field, just wide left. And Gundy, Gundy he was a receiver coach. He, he beats me as I'm coming off the field at halftime man, what a kick. You know, I just remember him telling me what a try because I, I, it wasn't short. It was not, it wasn't the problem. So uh, I enjoyed the place kicking side of it, but uh, punting is what buttered the bread. So that's where I went, you know.
There you go. So I like how you tie. We're we're tying Gundy into this here. So when you watch this season, um, in your opinion, being as how not only did you play the game for a long time, not only did you play the game at a very high level, you coached the game at at a high level for quite some time as well. Um, I know you had back to back nine and three seasons, and one year you went ten and four and oh seven, I think, and uh, made deep runs in the playoffs. Is that accurate? Okay, so. We're, we're, you have yeah. a lot of knowledge, yeah. yeah? What would you say this season yes. was the biggest glaring, I don't know, issue for us not having the, the year we oh. should have? What is the one biggest glaring thing that stands out to you? Sure. I, I think, you know, we're, we're fans, so we get low. Uh, after walking out of the stadium at homecoming against Texas, I mean, I'm in tears. You know, just that effort. A uh, little side story, I ran into Mr. Weiberg the night before the game, and Chad and I went to school together, so we know each other. I, he's very, very friendly, very gracious when he sees me. And did I just asked him, I said, how hurt How hurt are we, Chad? I did. I knew, I knew, I knew all those guys. I was friendly with Brooks, okay. friendly with, with uh, Randy and, and Country up to a point, and I knew all those guys. Uh, play they let they let me play a little pickup basketball with them from time to time. But uh, I asked Chad. I said, "How hurt are we?" And he looked at me and says, "He just said, coach. He said, coach is going to, have to figure one out tomorrow because we were really banged up that day." Uh, and so I, I would I would tell anybody. My I went to the Central Michigan game, and and it it dawned on me. And I was somebody inside that I talked to in the offset that was telling me about recruiting and, and all that. We were so new on the defensive side of the ball. I'm talking about from, from Coach Mason all the way down to the linebackers. Even though we had two talented guys, they were new in that system. I could tell at Central Michigan, oh, boy, it's going to take a while for this to gel. And then God, on right. that side of the ball, I think it got progressively better as the year went on and overcame some injuries, actually, through the year. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and, and overcame things. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm sitting in the bleachers down there at the end zone at the Texas Tech game, and I watched they, – they help a lineman off the field in the first quarter. And, and I don't – I might have been – I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the center. And there wasn't two possessions, like another lineman off the field in the second quarter. And I, I turned to my wife. I said, this is, this is going to get bad for the years over with, with these guys going down. You can't call – I, I – I used to call offense. I'm just telling you, when you don't have your five guys up front, you're not a very smart play caller. It's just bottom line. It doesn't matter. You can't, you, if you can't protect the quarterback and if you can't create a running lane against what I would, what I would consider watching the game, the big 12, the defensive fronts in the big 12 have closed the gap on the Bama's and the Georgia's and the SEC's of the world that may, may not have the NFL talent up front, but as a collective, those three, three, three stacks that we're seeing uh, out mm-hmm. there, people like that, they're phenomenal. And I, I'm knocking on wood. I think we're about to see some bowl games where the Big 12 shoot down up front, but uh, especially Kansas State. I think Bama's a little bit nervous about their draw. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I just, I just look at the season. Yeah, and, and I, I think I tweeted it at one point. Uh, my criticism of our offense is. There's nothing wrong. The, the fans want to think something's wrong with the play calling in the offense. There's nothing wrong with it. It is a numbers and angles and field offense. We're, we're trying to create numbers and angles, and we're counting the box. And if we have a run box, we're going to run in it. If we 
we don't, we're going to throw out of it. We get certain, it's, it's, it has a little bit of RPO in it. It mixes in some option a little bit. Spencer's wow. been so great on that. So there's not, but when you go to your, when you go down to your third offensive lineman, then Spencer goes down. I, I think I remember, I, I, I haven't forgotten the criticism I would see on Twitter and different things of Spencer when he was young. I mean, everybody in town was longing to see Mason back. Well, Mason's in Pittsburgh, and Spencer yeah. had to go through growing pains. Uh, yeah. And what I would just tell fans who, who, who get upset is none of us are in the room. And none of us know, like the OU game, boy, it was, I, was, I was highly upset at the way we started that ball game. But then as you watch it, we didn't have – we could not block them. We just flat out could. It didn't matter what we called. We weren't blocking that front, you know. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you did see, like you said, Derek Mason's young. It's going to take some time for this defense to kind of gel. But uh, my, a show I, I just did, my main emphasis on the whole thing was, you know, there, there's usually like a handful of teams that don't have to stress about transfer day. Those are usually the teams with all the money, so they don't care who leaves because yeah. they can bring in somebody else, right? Well, then there's the 164 rest yeah. of us that do have to worry. And all yeah. we've really had, Mason Cobb obviously is a loss. Spencer Sanders obviously is a loss. But to me, the more impressive thing is the number of current players that are staying. They see something Absolutely. that we don't get to see on TV. Right, you you would you would have a mass That's exodus it. if there and, was a bunch of problems. Right, great 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 example for me. Gundy goes in a press conference. He says, "I'm not a big portal guy." Right, he said that. Uh, I don't remember which game. Said, "Well, let's think about, about that." What does he? If I find somebody better than you, you know, he's got. He's got as first of all, portal guy. But he's, you broke up on. He's already got since on the third day of portal activity. Huh? You broke up on us there a little bit, brother man. If you could repeat that, you broke up just a hair. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. How about now? You're you're in and out. You're in and out. Good? But I mean, I I I get the gist. Obviously, yeah. That we're we're three okay, days. Sorry, sorry, man. Yeah, and, and I saw. I I just think. And, well, the other thing I want to say about it, I thought about thought a lot about this. I knew we were going to talk about it. Um, we're we're victims of last year. <laughs> Tell me when we thought the Cowboys were a contender for the national playoff last year. We never thought about that until we look up all of a sudden and we're going to Iowa State 7-0 and or whatever we were, and then we yeah, yeah. win the Bedlam game and then things. You know, we were coming out of that role of, hey, let's, let's, the culture is great. We're winning games we're not supposed to. So now take this and go to these kids who are in the portal. I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but there was one that, that blasted on Twitter about the use and all this kind of stuff. And, yep. well, this year we come into the year and all of a sudden now now – we think we're top four, and we forget that Kansas State is trying to be top four. And and who knows how TCU did what they did. I don't, I don't cheer for it, but they did it. You know, tip the hat. We all came into the year thinking, here comes Texas and Baylor, and that's who we've got to look out for. By the way, we went to those guys. You know, and mm-hmm. I think what's happened with the portal is it, it has created a front-runner mentality. 
Uh, I mentioned earlier, kids have a Twitter profile, they have a social okay. media impact, they have an entourage, they have people talking to them. Uh, yeah. it, it didn't go the way I wanted. Which man, we're garbage. The coaches don't love me. And I'm sitting here looking back and trying to take a step back, and I'm thinking we're two quarters of football from nine and three. We're a terrible first quarter from back-to-back bedlams and 10 and two, and everybody got hurt. So am I happy at seven and five? No, I, I don't like it. I mean, I'm upset. I wish we'd have won more. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's never as high as it was last year at the Fiesta Bowl, and it's never right. as low as, as some people want it to be now. And like you, you there are a lot of guys that aren't leaving. You know, there's a lot of Cowboys that aren't leaving. There's a lot of Cowboy fans that are still going to be loyal and true and not jumping off the train. And, you know, for the I, I call it the 4G gang, the, the Get Gundy Gone gang. Listen, is this a bad year? No. F- five and seven's a bad year. Seven and five, we survived it. We're still the top half of the conference. You know, we're still there. Now, we start running a string of, of – trend lines that go the other way, then we've got to change what we're doing. But let's give the man a chance. He's done nothing then for 18 years. Let's see what they come back with. Maybe this Tulsa linebacker will run fit a little bit better than, again, not, not going to name any names. It happened, run fit better. Maybe with, uh, maybe those other guys already knew there was a young guy coming to get their get their snaps. And they're just they're getting out, you know. Spencer, it might be time for new scenery. You know, there's things that we don't make assumptions based on what we read and what we see that right. we just don't know, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, you bring up a lot of fair points. I'm not in the the 4G gang, but I'm I'm pretty daggone close simply because although Gundy has has been solely responsible, right, <laughs> for the ascension of O State, I feel like how conservative he gets in fourth quarters for year after year after year, it does get frustrating because Gundy is better yeah. than Gundy coaches. It's like we as a fan base, we just want Gundy to reach Gundy's potential. Does that make sense? But I agree with you. 2023 is yeah. shaping up to be ridiculously fun. Sure. Like, like we alluded to. We're, we don't have a lot of people leaving. We've only had a couple big-time starters leave. And then right after that, you hear about Justin Wright. And then you hear about Ladarius Webb Jr. Have you had a chance to watch Ladarius Webb Jr.'s film? Goodness gracious, that dude is a he's a I, a I watched a clip. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. You know, and, and the fun yeah. part about him is and, yeah, his and, dad played for nine years in the league. He doesn't need clout, he doesn't need anything special. He's coming because of the faith right. and brotherhood mentality that we have in Stillwater. Yeah. Those are the recruits that we're going to continue to get. Right. And if we can continue to build this way, we're going to be fine. The players are obviously telling us via actions that 2023 is going to be fun. So the, the, the hold my beer and watch this stuff is coming, I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm a believer in trends. Even in my job, I look at trend lines. This, this year, I mean, injuries aren't an excuse, but they're damn sure a reason. You know, you go up to Manhattan, Kansas, and you you don't have a roster. You're not going to be Kansas State ever. And uh, that's just that go back to when Bill Snyder took over, going back to when I played. And and so that's just the nature of it. Everybody else can be good also some, on a given Saturday. And yeah, there there were things that probably came unraveled this year. It happens. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll give you an equation. Back in 1993, 
uh, Black Saturday era, we, we had a good football team now. Uh, we're sitting there rocking along. We beat TCU. Uh, we, we lose on a wild miss. We had a bad play. I had a, a broken play for a safety in the fourth quarter against a pretty good up seven and four Arizona State team in Tempe. So we lose 12 to 10. We got Nebraska down, and you thank you. You put the picture of the only punt I ever had blocked out there for the world to see, <laughs> as it was being blocked, of course. <laughs> that was, that, anyway. But we've got Nebraska down in the fourth you, quarter of that game. Who went? Who, I thank you. You know, it was great. I thought that didn't even exist, but just set me back for years. But uh, we have them down, and so that team is at three and two. Three and two, and we're going on the road to Missouri, and we've got it. It's all in front of that team. We could have won four more games in that cup. Tony Jones got hurt, and Tony, as a freshman, had really come onto the scene and was blossoming. He, we were running a lot of option stuff, a lot of belly with a fullback, and he was getting out. We, were, we, we actually were on our way to putting together a pretty good run there. You know, you think about that. All we've got to do is beat Kansas at home. You know, beat Iowa State on the road. And, and then find one other, Kansas State. We're in a game that year. Tony got hurt. And when Tony got hurt and we had offensive line injuries, I lost a deep snap that year. I had to go to the backup deep snapper. I'm back there like a, catching a knuckleball pitcher when it was snapped. I didn't know where it was going to go. I mean, it, it just turned into a struggle. You know, I mean, and so when you lose guys, I'm sorry for the telefans this, the, the guys who are – our second team because they're not as good as the first team. So if you start playing more and more of those guys, you're not going to be as good. You've got to coach and you've got to overcome it and you've got to figure out ways. And that would be, and not to backtrack, but my only criticism of the offense, I think it's built, it's, it's not built creatively. It's, it is a zone running game. And so you've got one, it's, it's a zone scheme with a ton of one-on-ones and so if, yep. if we're at full throat, I mean, look at what everybody said about the Baylor game at AT&T last year. If we have Jalen Warren, we win the game. Absolutely. If we had Jalen Warren, we win the game. He gets a, a foot on the goal line. But the line stayed healthy that year. This year, mm-hmm. they didn't. You know, so, I, again, I, I know people say, well, where's our depth? Well, you've already talked about that. We don't have the, the money in the NIL to go get too deep that – Alabama's going to have, or Texas even, uh, and all that. We've got to get, like you touched, you know, we've got to get culture guys that want to come in here. I mean, I don't know that Brock Martin was on anybody's list when he got recruited. We made him a guy. You know, uh, uh, yeah, of course, was, we know about was, Malcolm. I mean, I mean, put put him in the ring of honor. Yeah, he, uh, Brock was Yeah, put him in the ring of honor. Just he, he get it done. Get it over with. But, yeah, no, you're right. The only, the only, the only spot on the field that we don't have the two deep is the O line, right? Our D line stacked, our safeties stacked. You just heard about uh, Thomas Harper leaving. Yeah. I have Lyric Rawls on the show here, here in a few hours. I'll let him discuss some of that stuff, but we're fine. The depth everywhere but O line is the best it has ever been in Sewer, Oklahoma, by a mile and a yeah. half. So if we can shore up this O-line, I don't care how, yeah. but if we can shore yeah. up this O-line, Jaden Nixon's a dude who should have got more carries. Ollie Gordon's a dude who, yeah. who doesn't fumble third game of the season. He gets more carries. Uh, you heard about Cole Birmingham's probably coming back. I haven't heard anything about Caleb Etienne going anywhere. Preston Wilson right. already said he's coming back. We have lost Jackson. one line. 
We've lost one yes, lineman, I, and that was like you said, a gentleman yep. that was just always stuck at third on the depth chart, even while moving him around. So yep. we're filling gaps in, in yep. bigger ways than well, we're losing them. Uh, and the excitement in the locker room is yep. it's abnormal for a seven and five squad. I'm just gonna say it like it is for being in seven and five, that locker yep. room right now at this yep. very moment, they're not acting like they're seven and five. They don't feel like they're seven and five. So to me, this is not the last game of the season. This feels more like the first game of the new season. I I agree. Yeah. And I'll add one more caveat. Tell me where anybody in the Big 12 has depth on the offensive line. This this area of the country, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, the Midwest, we're not producing offensive linemen. We're just not. Uh, at the no, rate that the southern the southern schools are, or even the the mid, you know, it's just it's just a it's just to me, and I, I blame Texas high school football for it. Everybody's in the spread. Everybody's playing patty cake pass protection, <laughs> swinging it out on quick screens. We're not running the football. I mean, it's it's just true. We we've ruined it uh, for for, well, for the Texas and Oklahoma schools. And in your experience, the answer to your question is is none. Like maybe Texas. I think Texas, they have the, the first rounder and Kerstetter, and they have another guy that's projected. But, yeah, you're right. Depth behind that, not a lot. And I do think you are right. I don't know yeah. if I completely blame no Texas, but I get your point. It's all about speed and athleticism and, and lateral movement now. So in your experience. Well, I believe Mark Browse. Browse started it. <laughs> This season, to me, the O-linemen just looked confused, right? Sometimes the differentiation between run blocking and and pass blocking with the zone blocking scheme, to me it looked like we were trying to put a square peg in a round hole with some of our tackles. Um, So in your opinion, could you see a, a little bit of that, or do you think it was due to depth that made us be so predictable? Or could you see the linemen just getting confused at times? A little bit. Of, okay, that's fair. Yeah, a little bit of both, really. Um, I, I think, and I'll say this, the problem with the pure zone scheme is you only get one double team and you've got one-on-ones and you've got to be agile. Um, I thought in the West Virginia game, we didn't do it much. We ran a little bit more pin and pull. We ran a little bit more counter and use the cowboy back and puller, uh, old school counter tray, counter gap, where you're yeah. getting a, a wide double team with a kick out, and those plays kind of open some things up. Look, the, the Big 12 linebackers and defensive fronts are better than the O-lines. They're just better. And it's not just yeah. ours, it's everybody's, in my opinion. Yeah. And so very, very what happened is I just think we got caught with – and Coach talked about it as presser. He mentioned it. We're, musical chairs we're having to shuffle guys well you start shuffling guys from left to right guard to tackle now you know this week they're getting a four eye next week they're getting an outside five then there's a no shade then the big old eco from baylor i mean i mean it's it's abusive you know in there week in and week out on those guys and 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 so you know so uh, i mean i just think it's just kind of all the above uh uh, i do think any coach worth their salt and i'm sure coach dunn and gundy or whoever's in there uh, on the offense side, will do this. They'll, and Dickie, they'll go. They'll break down and do an analytical look at what they did in the run game. And, and if, I mean, they're the expert. I don't know, but I, I would like to see a little bit more pin and pull mixed in, especially with those backs. I think Ollie Gordon with with his hand on a puller coming up through there looks like he could be something special. 
Um, you know, you are right. And some of the, you remember when we were rocking that diamond formation with Kai Staley back in the day um, and Jeremy Smith? I would, yeah. I agree. Oh, I would yeah. like to see more of that. We've got, so, and, and my, like, I love Dom. Everybody loves Dom, okay? But Dom is not a zone read running back. He never has been. He never will be. Uh, Jade Nixon right. is. Uh, Ollie Gordon's just right. good enough that he can fit in wherever, realistically. But, so either... Right. Do we integrate right. more of Jaden Nixon and C.J. Brown as the integral pieces, or do we bring some of that back where we have some of the diamond and we have some of the guards pulling uh, and, and reversing field? Do you think yeah. we see a little bit of a, of a change, yeah. or do you think we're just going to keep sticking with the zone blocking scheme think- and waiting on somebody to fit it? Well, so I think there's still going to be a zone team, but here's what I look at too. It was at, at- – the Arizona State trucking game, it was evident to me. We got a senior quarterback. We got a dude back there. We're turning the keys over to this guy. We're going tempo, tempo. We're going to go fast. We're going to spread the field out and thin the box because he can throw it good enough and make decisions. And he's not – our quarterback's not going to beat us because he's that good. And then he got hurt. <laughs> you know, it was kind of an all-in. Chips were pushed in on the table. and You can't really – change midstream but go back when he was younger go back to when mason was young and we had jw out there with a couple guys there was a lot of two back sets a lot of power yep rpo reading safety on the power so this this team was built on we're going to spread you horizontally so we can maybe run turns out we couldn't run next year i think because you're going to have a younger quarterback or maybe a first year quarterback you might see we're going to run so we throw, uh, which is what we did yeah. with Mason in those those first couple of years. Uh, so, well, so saw, yeah, I, I've got faith. I mean, yeah. You saw Dom enter the transfer portal, and I know a lot of people were very scared about Ollie Gordon in the transfer portal. But, again, the, the locker room knows more than we do. They feel something we don't feel. Uh, and I just mentioned it in my last show. There is a possibility – we're not a possibility. It's an absolute guarantee that the coaches had a meeting with the team and they told them something that was inspirational enough to keep all these dudes around. I don't know what it was, right? Gundy could have said, hey, guys, this year was going to put you a bit. Come back next season. Ollie Gordon is going to run for 2000. I don't know. I don't know what was said, but whatever yeah. was said was enough that the locker well, room was like, I love it. I dig it. I'm all in. And I think that sure. bodes well for Jay sure. Nixon. And it bodes well for Ollie Gordon. It bodes well for C.J. Brown. The talent is not an issue anywhere. If we can shore up that old line, right. you are talking about not, not quite an Alabama, but first stringers, yes, 100%. We have that talent now. And, it, you know, I'm excited to see yep. what, what, what comes because, again, the players speaking by actions – are what blows uh, blows my my mind. So if you if you were a betting man, next season, let's say that you know we don't lose any more big time guys, and we keep bringing in guys like Justin Wright from Tulsa and Ladarius Webb Jr. Is going back to Arlington not the absolute end all be all goal next season? Yeah, I, I think with the, the the Big Twelve as it exists, 
I don't think there's an elephant in the room any year. I, you know, this year, everybody want the TV guys and ESPN guys want to say the conference is no good. I'm just the opposite. I think the whole conference is pretty good. Uh, there just might not be a Georgia sitting there. Uh, you know, and TCU, we're about to find out, right? I mean, TCU is going to go play. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so, and so, I mean, we are. I think, I think, I, obviously, that was the goal. And even I this year, even after the, even after the first uh, conference loss at Kansas State, I'm like, oh, we're fine. We just need to get get through Kansas, and you know what? And then it just it snowballed there for about three weeks, and and I still thought we could get there and get ECU again, you know, because we held the tiebreakers with Texas and Baylor, and and so now you're adding teams. Uh, the schedules are going to be different, so I don't know, but I mean, there's no reason to think that because here here's what everybody's we're upset because we lost to Oklahoma. We always are. We put we. We invest way too much of our emotions in Bedlam. We just do. We still finished above them in the conference. Okay. We we still beat well, them. And look at they say what they want about the head to head. They are not right. sitting Te- Texas, same deal. Uh, we, we can get mad about Gundy's record in Bedlam, but I'd like to see somebody tweet Gundy's record against the Longhorns. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, it's pretty good. And so, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'm just, I'm just not going to jump off the train after we had bad luck and a bad run. I mean, uh, now if everybody's healthy and we're, we're bumbling and stumbling and getting penalties and we're falling behind the chains and we're blowing games, we're talking about a different scenario. We're out there with one leg and one one arm trying to battle and scratch and claw, and we're literally, the, the in my opinion, the only the only uh, there was three quarters of football. That I thought our coaches it, it ran away from them. First quarter in Norman, and the second half at TCU. But that was the first sign of Spencer being hurt. We had a big lead, and and we let it run away. We we kind of we didn't know how to handle that in the moment. And then of course you, you, the Kansas State deal. Look, ball it up. That well, I, I even told somebody before the season that we were fixing to get beat at Kansas State, and that's before we even kicked the ball off. We weren't winning my, in Manhattan. My preseason, you know, my preseason pick for my preseason pick for Big Twelve title was O State K State. Like I, they they were a loss for me as well in the season. Me too. Just because, you know, they, if you look back historically, even even the times were ten times better. Every time we go to Manhattan, it's a three point game. Every time it's a seven game, ten point game, three point well, we, game. We. When he talks about our culture of toughness and physicality, he's not lying because we, oh, yeah. we do we do that at a level better than everybody but Kansas State. <laughs> I mean, there's always a guy named Schnedeker or Polanski or something like that that just just wears you out. It doesn't matter what year, going back to when I played, I remember like a Schnedeker or something, a full kill all day long. And it's no different. And, uh, I mean, those two, I mean, so, yeah, looking ahead – I think people get it. There's too much. I think COVID we forgot. We had the COVID year. We lose to A&M. And I, I mean, everybody, that was an eight and five year. You know, that, I mean, I look back at it. It was eight and five. It wasn't like that was special. We, we, but we were happy to, that, to go play in that bowl Mason, and lose to A&M in that bowl game. And that's when, uh, it's not Mason, but Chuba Hubbard was supposed to, you know, rewrite all the record books. And he had a big year, 2019. Right. But yeah, you're right. 2020 was not great. And it was eight and five. 
kind of forget about that. So, so, so what I would tell fans is, look, take take seven and five and eleven and one, and say, let's just try to keep it in. Let's try to keep it in there. You know, if we drop down to five and seven, now we need to worry. If if if, if we can't continue to do that, but there's so many things that happen in the course of a year. Yeah, this year disappointment because we got hurt. We had a high expectation. I'll, I'll just put it this way. Uh, there's a guy in the transfer portal that I watched never run fit the right way for 12 games, you know, and I uh, don't know if he's even going to leave because I don't know, you know, I don't know what will happen, but I'm kind of like, okay, bye. You know, I mean, that's fine. I mean, it's okay, you know. I um, Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I don't – ironically enough, I don't think he's leaving, um, which is, a, you know, a good thing because whenever your fits right. aren't, aren't right, <laughs> right, whenever your fits aren't right but, consistently – hey, the, the, going back to your point, we have a spring. Yeah, well, we have a spring football now. Let's coach it up. Let's go coach it up and get there. He's definitely talented and athletic, you know, and, yes, and let's see yes. if we can fix it, you know. Yeah, no, like, I'm I'm excited about 2023, and I think it's primarily because of how this transfer market shakes out. You got to remember, last year we lost 12 O-linemen in the daggone transfer. Twelve, like no, right. no joke, no right. joke. We were going to have uh, issues on the depth this season on the O-line. Like it was a given, right? Um, but right. you're not seeing that right now. Yep. There's not a position where we have a mass exodus at yep. all. We have not lost a player. Yep. Other than maybe Mason Cobb, right? That isn't immediately somebody that we can slide right in. And if you bring, like I said, Justin Wright, he's a big deal. He's a very big deal. So, and, and he has that that leadership of understanding I mean, what it takes, right? So, yeah. him and Xavier Benson, you take the talent. He just looks. Now you take yeah. you take the IQ. If those two can come together. We're going to be fine. This last season, to me, our linebackers operated yeah. on pure talent. That was it. Just talent. They just went and played ball. Sure. And if you start to see some yeah. of the schematic stuff, yeah. like you say, the run fit, that was what made Malcolm and Devin so good is they didn't care about making the play, right? They just cared about doing exactly what their job was right. to open it up for somebody else to make a play. That's what we lacked on defense. And I do think that we have the leadership right. and the camaraderie. Like I said, whatever happened, I don't know. I don't care. But something happened in that locker room in the last two weeks that has solidified things. And it has made people who on film don't always give full effort. True. Those same people are the ones bleeding orange right now and talking about how the loyal and true are going to be here. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so excited. The players that you question right. the heart are the ones saying, I love a state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the most. It's amazing. It's amazing. Right. And then isn't that the, isn't that kind of the point of Gundy's philosophy program philosophy from top? He wants people who want to be here. Period. The end. He, he actively, I mean, I've heard him say it, he actively recruits guys who want to be a part of this program and this culture. So, yeah, there might be a good player leaving, but I don't think we're better with a player that thinks his other options are out there than than we right. are with a lesser talented player who wants to bleed orange and black. You know, and okay. and so uh, you know, another thing is, I mean, with the hand wringing about transfers, it ain't like we didn't know this 
was coming. It ain't like Gundy had Grady. It's going to be wild. It's unregulated. You know, nobody knows. Imagine if you were an Aggie fan, how you'd be feeling right now. We're not Aggie. Unlimited, you know, people complaining about resources. Unlimited resources. Unlimited, you know, you name it. Blank check. And they can't beat anybody, and half their roster's in the portal right now. So Miami's uh, so in the same boat. I think Larry Reese says it best, good friend of mine. Miami, yeah, a lot of hype. and put it together. Uh, I think uh, the people, when you turn on the TV, everybody's a smart coach when they turn the TV on on Saturday. Nobody really is inside. Nobody really knows what's going on day in and day out. Like you said, we, we're speculating on the locker room. We don't know, but it looks that way. Right. Who knows, you know, yeah. to, to be honest, yeah, what's yeah. going on. Uh, but the play special, uh, I've got a son up there. I've got another one headed up there. I've been able to get back engaged with it now that I've got kids up there. It is special. I'm sorry. I, I don't no, think right. Saturdays in Austin are that special. And I know they're not in Waco. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Baylor folks. It's just not. I just, I just think that what we've got, and Larry Reese says, it, it's good to be us. And so let's just well, be us, you know, and if it just like last year, none of us thought we were going to be that what we were, you know. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, yeah, Baylor, why they can't sell their stadium out for the life of me, I don't get it. I, and I'll never get it. Like you look at Nebraska, similar problems, all the money in the world, right? But they have so many. You know, donors and boosters that are willing to buy out the stadium if need be because they care that much. You don't see mm-hmm. that in Waco. Like it's, we yeah. have that level of care. No. Yeah. Well, well, Waco, it's, uh, it's uh, anyway, I don't want to get, I don't want to get on the record saying something ugly, <laughs> but uh, uh, ba- Baylor is just, it's just one of those places that, the, the, I think Dave Aranda's doing a fine job. I really like him. I really do. But uh, the, the the university, the institutional culture of that place just is not appealing. And uh, it's just, to me, uh, they're not on our level. They might have, they got one on us. I give, give it us in the title game. That's great. Good for them. But by the way, we both won our New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, you know, Alabama was going to ruin the party anyway uh, for us. So, so it's all good. I mean. Are you a I'm, fan I'm, of the? I love Coach Gundy. I played for him, so I'm probably biased, but I'm. Are you a big fan of fan the of what? new 12 team format instead of the 14 format? The 12 team? You excited about that? I'll say that and say that. Let's say it one more time. The 12 team format for the new playoffs. Kind of broke up. Are you excited? Oh, yeah, about yeah, uh, yeah. Look, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, in my opinion, if you're going to do it at all, conference champions should be in, period. I'm sorry. Why do we have conferences if it doesn't matter that you win yours? I mean, yep. Ohio State, I get that what they're doing, and they're probably right. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Why isn't Utah in or Clemson Conference? I'm sorry. I mean, how do we know that Ohio State would beat them? I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm excited for the 12th team. I, if you're going to do it at all. Do it right. Let the conference champions in, um, and then yeah, if you want to have that large team? So be it. But don't don't cut Tulane out just because you know they're. I mean, they don't do that in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, 
we, we'll let Binghamton University in play for the championship, you know. Uh, yeah. OSU is on probation on LSU did, you know. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, and, you know. uh, South Carolina. It's, it's crazy. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, not on probation for nothing. Been, I love uh, Bill Self. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been trying to get you on the show since the show started a month and a half ago. So I, I greatly, greatly appreciate your time. Um, I'm, I'm, ha I have a blast, right? Like you said, just get more O State information out there. That's my only objective because Oklahoma State University is better across the board in every single sport than in Oregon. But we don't seem to have the same national reach as Oregon does, and I think that is absolutely ridiculous so i'm going to continue to do this and fight this fight because i want us to be recognized in the light that we should be we have earned every ounce and modicum of respect that oregon gets times two and so every chance i have the opportunity to get people on this show that bleed orange that have represented us the right way that not only care but have enough knowledge to help kind of dissect some stuff for fans because Fans are fans, right? We scream at TVs thinking that Gundy can hear sure. us. Um, and we, we draw up plays in the garage with a Budweiser. But, <laughs> but at the same time, if you don't know the in, in, in Thank you, listens, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it makes it difficult. So I like having people on that yeah. can help explain things at a deeper level. Um, and what, before we get out of here, I'll, I'll let you, uh, you know, plug any information that you have. Um, you're still currently a, a superintendent after your very successful high school football stint. I know you're in Stillwater quite some time. If there is one thing uh, yeah. on, on, on campus, would you take a football national title or by itself, or would you take basketball and baseball all in one year without football? So football by itself or basketball and baseball in one year combined? Oh, football! It's football. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's. Uh, I think a lot of reasons. I mean, number one, I played it, so that's my program. Uh, you know, that was what I was a part of, and uh, you know, I was there for the big kind. But nothing, nothing more fun than being on in Stillwater during Eddie and Big Country and Brooks and that group. And uh, I love those guys. Nobody, nobody's a bigger fan. I was. Friends with the baseball guys as well, with Coach Ward there at the at the end of his career, Coach Holiday and so forth. Uh, to win a football title, and to me, the sport it's stacked against the Oklahoma States of the world. It is the the deck is stacked. It's it's being regulated out of the SEC commissioner's office and out of the ESPN's headquarters for the most yeah. part. And they're going to do everything they can do to make sure they get their, their thoroughbreds in there uh, to win it. And so, yeah, we will have to be like TCU. We will have to be 12 and 0. We can't have a slip up, uh, yep. you know, because we were going to get knocked out last year had we won. Everybody forgets. I mean, it was still going to be Bama over us. Yeah, so? And we were going to be a Big 12 title holder with a three point loss at Iowa State, you know, last year uh, on the road uh, against a pretty good team. So, uh, I, I think the football national title thing on that, Cody. Yes, it's a it's a great dream to have. But let's don't forget that it's great to be what we are. Also, you know, it's 
it's, it's pretty, pretty dang good year in and year out. We're, we're not oh, yeah. suffering. You know, Baylor's 2-10 and 10 not that long ago. Right. You know, and can't, yeah, yeah. this year they went – we still 6-6, six and six and they're celebrating like they've done something. And so uh, it's great to be us. I, my wife, so I'll finish with this story. We're, we're watching the Fiesta Bowl, and the game ends, and Gundy gives his uh, We Have a Logo 2 speech. Yes, and my wife kind of turns and looks at me on the couch, and I'm crying. And she goes, are you crying? I said, yeah. She goes, why? And I said, it was hard to win when I was there. I mean, it was just hard to win. And I said, this is a big deal, you know. Uh, yeah. We suffered through it. And I saw Scott Harmon tweeting today what he went through in that 0-10-1 season. And uh, Scott was a baller. He's an all-timer at OSU. You know, it doesn't, doesn't, get that, doesn't get that pump or that love because we came from an era – where it was just a little bit tougher, and football was the second and third fiddle behind baseball and, and basketball was winning so much at that point. So mm-hmm. to be a part of that and what what Chad Weiberg and Dr. Shrum and Mike have done, Gundy have done for for all of us, I mean, it, it means something. It, if anybody uh, – everybody loves their university. Everybody loves where they went. But if you were at the Texas game and you saw how that game went – Nobody loves Oklahoma State more than Oklahoma State people do. That's just the bottom line. Bama fans love Bama more than we love Oklahoma State. That's just the fact. And, uh, no, you're 100% accurate. We don't have to have national championships to be, to, to be relevant. You know, so it'd be nice. It'd be, it'd be out of this world. But I'm pretty proud to, to have that. I have the OIC, your helmet in the background. I have the old brand, the round, the round desk. So I'm proud to have yeah, yeah. it. You know, so, uh, so anyway, man, it's uh, – it's great. I love talking about the Cowboys. Love talking about Stillwater. Uh, can't wait to get back up there for a basketball. And I'm sure. I'm sure I'll still be on Twitter bashing and hammering and, and doing what I do. So. <laughs> yeah. So of course you pick football. You grew up jaded. You grew up in the era where we went to Omaha all the time. You grew up in the era where going to the Elite Eight and Final Four was just part of the gig. Okay, that makes sense. That's that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and hey, nobody, nobody was a bigger Gallagher Iba fanatic than I was back then. I was in the arena early. I'm a basketball freak. I love it. But That's man, great. just having coach and having won state championships and the week, the week to week nature of football that you have to you crash, you come back up, and you do it again. Uh, there's nothing like it. I mean. We're going to go play a bowl game against a six and six team, and it'll win. The euphoria of of doing that is just is it's as big as anything uh, for those kids, yeah. for those players. Maybe not us. Maybe wishing we were in the Cotton Bowl or but for those kids to, to do that, that's a big deal. I would have given anything. My brother played. In the, he was at New Mexico. He played in the Arizona Bowl against Arizona. Like it was just a road game, but he played in a bowl game. That meant to be off because he played in the bowl game and I didn't. You know, so so it matters. That is that is cool, man. Okay, so my last question for you: What is the second? Um, what is the most comparable atmosphere you've you've been in uh, since the nineteen ninety two Michigan game? What one football game was that electric? Well. Uh, for me to be a part of, oh man! I mean, look, the the, the homecoming game against Texas, Bedlam game last year, uh, never been anywhere that loud, that trick ever. 
Uh, but for me to be actually actively involved in such a thing would have probably been in 92 that ended in a tie. Uh, that was that was pretty, pretty electric uh, atmosphere. And then then going on as a coach and as an athletic director, uh, teams ended at, at the school I represented. We had some pretty, pretty amazing atmospheres in some basketball playoff uh, term, regional tournaments, state tournaments and things like that. Uh, the Michigan game was just it was like it felt more like walking into a museum of football. Than anything else, so uh, just just a great venue. When you see that come out of the tunnel, you know, with the stripes oh, yeah. on it and all that, uh, just just a lifelong memory. Uh, Nebraska on Thursday night on ESPN. I don't think we had but about thirty five thousand people at that game uh, on a Thursday, but it was loud. It was electric. I just remember Coach Jones asking us pregame, "Are are any of you scared of that steroid freak with that little red in on his helmet walking down that ramp?" You know. And, that night we weren't we we there you know and they blocked my punt you know so which you which you've crowned for me so and i've saved the picture so i had a picture of it though uh but yeah i mean there's so many so many to say but michigan definitely uh definitely was a a, a great experience and uh for all of us to be up there and that's just something you know you don't talk about the road game to wherever but you remember that one you know you're, oh yeah oh yeah well, honestly, man, when I was doing research, that's the first game I got into was that 92 Michigan game. My first note, my first note, not yeah. cool uniforms, really cool game. No, no. I think I think Pat was just trying to give us a different coming off probation, trying to eliminate the bad taste of the Hartley uh, issue. So we just changed the whole changed the whole thing up, you know. Hey, the yeah, all so blacks. Fair, but the all, I didn't love them the either because when I got Nebraska older. Was, Nice move. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, those were okay. You know, when I look back on it, Cody, and I, I, I got my jerseys. I've got them on a, on a wall in there and all that. Here I yeah. am. We have the sea of orange, and we're orange power, and I've got nothing orange from my playing days. It's black and white. Really? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I because that my junior year we wore orange. So, so yeah, I have nothing, you know, that, that from when I played that – that even looks like we look now. So, uh, but uh, so yeah, those are neat. But uh, I know Twitter, you you and I laugh that people keep putting we need to wear those uniforms again. I keep telling people leave them right where they are. And we didn't <laughs> win very much. Leave them right. Let Nike handle it. They're, that's one thing they they got it. There you go. That is fair. Let them do it. You know, like that. Well, Mister Scott Tyner. Is there anything you would like to share with the people before we skedaddle on out of here? And I will say, we're definitely going to have to link up sometime uh, and, and do like a, a post-game show. I'd love to have you on like live in person in Stillwater as well. So you're welcome anytime. I greatly appreciate our back and forth and our messages on Twitter. You are very insightful. And to have the, the ability to tie everything back, this is why this episode is important. We seem to be a university that I don't know, forgets a little bit about those times. Like you're saying it was hard to buy a win back then. Now we expect to win almost every single game. So that's gotta be just, I don't know, a kid in a candy store type of feeling for a lot of those state fans that remember that played like when you played and to see how we've come from there to where we are now, yeah. it's because of those teams. Right, because 
if probation doesn't happen and we're rolling off of the Barry and Thurman Hartley Dykes days, if probation doesn't ever happen, right? Mm -hmm. There's no telling where we could be, but it did happen. And those groups that came in right after that had to endure the most amount of suck since OSU had to endure since the, the 60s. And so I just want to say thank you as a fan for not only your time, but being part of that crew that was able to kind of change the mindset of we're not victims. This, this It is what it is. We're going to grab everything by the horns and we're going to twist it upside down until OSU is successful. And look at us now, brothers. Look at us now. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and for me, being a part of that, it's changed my life. I'm a cowboy. I mean, I, I'm a Texas cowboy. I, I have an orange Mustang because I believe in my cowboys. I love them. Uh, everything Chris awesome. is orange for Christmas. Uh, uh, and to be a part of that, and like you said, you know, and talking about expect, expectations, you, Mike Gundy's greatest accomplishments is that's what he's that's what he's created. Is now we expect him to win Saturday. And, yep. and so, so no, I could give him no bigger compliment than that. Yes, uh, I so, agree. I completely so again, agree. man, I appreciate you reaching in blast. I love, yeah, yeah, I love talking about it. And anytime, man, I'll be glad to come on and uh, and be a part of it. And uh, but I'm fixing. I've, I've actually got to have a staff meeting here in about 20 minutes, so I've got to get back down there to work. So uh, is it a but, staff yeah, meeting about? Man, I appreciate uh, your, it. You're right on it, man. I love that you're selling the program. Yeah, we're going. We're going to bring up technology updates in the meeting. It's going to. It's going to come up. <laughs> for like sure. I said, man, I'm here sure. for you, man. I I do appreciate it. And pre hey, awesome, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, man. Well, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off here. Good luck, and like I say, hit me on Twitter. Anybody out there that watches this, hit me on Twitter. I love going back and forth. Uh, I'll, I'll, I can be a smart Alex, so be careful. If you poke the bear, I'll come right back. All fun, all good. Nothing but love there. And I, maybe you can come get back when I stir up a bunch of Sooners again sometime. So. There you go. I love it. All right, Scott. Well, until next time, sir, um, thank you very, very much for joining us. All right. And everybody, give a good old cowboy salute to Mr. Scott. Tyner, I appreciate your time, brother man. I really do. All righty, y'all. Let's go, so folks. Basically, what this whole thing boils down to is be excited because if if the guys in the locker room are the ones who are leading us in the right direction, then we should just do our job as fans and promote as much as we can and tell the world that Oklahoma State University will be humming in 2023. And if you ain't ready, you better get down already because they're coming. Go, folks. God bless. Love you all. See you later.